2: live. wonderful, our God is, our God our God saints, once again, in the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am Apostle Robert Bryant, Master of the Christian Center Church, Kenton, North Carolina, USA, I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the World. Where sound dialing is brought to the ears of thousands of gods people all over the world. Our God is wonderful this evening.
0: amen the Lord bless the children of God we greet you all once again in the mighty name of Jesus Christ on this stormy Monday evening it is storming very seriously here but we thank God we give him glory we give him honor we give him praise for the rains from heaven oh those of you that may have been looking for us on YouTube, we're having some technical difficulties. Uh, so we'll be using Talk exclusively until we are able to resolve those technical difficulties in the name of Jesus Christ. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic entitled, As You Promote. The kingdom of God, God will promote you. Keep in mind that your treatment will be very similar to your treatment of the kingdom of God. Just, just kind of keep that in mind. Your treatment, how you will be treated in this life, will be very, very similar to how you treat the kingdom of God. We looked at capital A, what is the kingdom Matthew twelve twenty eight, Mark four and twenty six, capital B, where is the kingdom? Luke seventeen, twenty-one, uh Mark one and fifteen. And it brings us on down to why some are excluded. Why some are excluded, or why some folk can't get in or won't be going in the kingdom. We're gonna look at Matthew chapter 19, verse 24, from a very familiar Passage of Scripture, Jesus said to his disciples, Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Once again, Matthew chapter 19, verse 24 from the New International Version. Jesus said to his disciples, Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Capital C, why some
1: are excluded. Amen. Amen. Let us pray.
0: Father, In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you today, Father, for the privilege, the honor of being able to worship you once again in spirit and in truth. We pray, Heavenly Father, that the purpose in which you are sending the rains from heaven may it manifest in the earth in the name of Jesus. May your waters cause crops, plants to bud and to blossom and to grow just as your word causes us to grow and to bud and to blossom. May the earth do the same as your rains are coming down. We thank you this evening, Father, for allowing us to see another day. We thank you for providing for us exactly what we need. We give you glory, honor, and praise as we examine why some have to be excluded from the kingdom of God this evening. We pray, Father, for greater understanding, wisdom, and knowledge. Help us to rightly divide your word of truth, speak, Father, by your might, by your power, and by your spirit, that we may grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Do these things for us, Father, and we'll be very careful to give your name all glory. All and all the praise. This is our prayer. In Jesus' mighty and glorious name we pray. Amen and amen. Why some are excluded. We see here, children of God, uh, in Matthew chapter 19, Jesus giving very powerful teaching, very sound doctrine concerning divorce, concerning little children in Jesus, and also concerning the proper attitude toward earthly riches or earthly possessions. We hear about the rich young ruler, most of us know the story as children of God, and if we're not careful, we can misunderstand what was really being said by the Lord. We know that there was a rich young man who had great possessions, but when asked by Jesus Part with them, he refused. Now, again, if you're not careful, you might start thinking or believing that, you know, having those great possessions was his sin. Having all that money or having all that stuff was his sin. God said, no, no, that wasn't the problem. God says the problem this young man had is the same problem that many individuals today have. And this is why many individuals today go away from Jesus said. His problem was not that he had great wealth or great possessions, but rather his problem was he did not want to do with the great possessions or the great wealth what God had instructed. Is anybody understanding what the Holy Spirit... It wasn't that he had stuff. No, no. God. If having stuff was sin, God would be the biggest sinner of them all. Having stuff, whether it be money or possessions or mammon or houses or cars, that's not the sin. The sin becomes when you won't do with it what God has instructed. Watch this. Whether you have much, come on somebody, or whether you have little, you say, Apostle, where were you driving at? The problem with anything, just like the problem with anyone or the problem with any word, the problem with anything is when we won't do with it like God instructs. It could be your time. You have a lot of time on your hand, and God is telling you to study Want you to study more? Want you to fast more? Want you to pray more? You start taking that time and start or uh, watching TV with it, or taking that time and and doing something else with it. God gonna have a problem with it. Any place, any place, you know, a problem with any place is is when we don't use it like God say use it. Anything, anybody. When it is not used, like the problem was, he didn't want to to do with his wealth like God said. Bottom line, had nothing to do with him having much, because if he'd had little and, 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 and pulled the same stunt, God would have had a problem with it. Does anybody understand? We're about to close now. We're about to close. So let's
1: look at this very quickly here. Now, a man came
0: up to Jesus, verse 16, and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Now, Jesus doesn't just come right out with the answer. First thing he says is, Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. But then he comes back and he hits him with the answer. And this is the this is the, the 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 key to this whole thing. And you got to hear this now, because the Lord, I've been preaching this a good thirty years, and the Lord is just showing me this. Jesus said, "If you want to enter eternal life, what? Obey the commandments." Ah, now, young man, start feeling pretty good right along here, because he knew he had been working real hard obey the commandments. In fact, from his own profession, he has kept a whole lot of them. But understand when Jesus said this, and I'm like, Father, you know, you're teaching me on this right here, because I've never seen this before. Jesus was born under the law. He lived under the law. He died under the law. He rose again from the dead under the law. He ascended back to heaven under the law. But when he got back to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit and ushered individuals into the church age. You and I are living in the church age. Though we are living in the last days, we are living in the church age. Though we are living in perilous times and dangerous times, we are living in what is known as the church age. Now, understand that that Jesus was in the process of bringing people out of, Judaism, the Mosaic Law, and leading them into the promised land, so to speak, which was the church age, all right? You say, boss, what's driving that? You know, uh, uh, the Mosaic Law was almost like Egypt, in a sense. It's almost like Egypt. But God God wanted to get his people out of Egypt because he wanted to bring them into what? The promised land. God wanted to bring his people out of Egypt and bring them into the promised land. Well, the church age is much like the promised land. Well, before the people of God could go from Egypt into the promised land, they had to pass through what? The wilderness. Jesus' time on earth was much like the wilderness. It was much like the wilderness. Now, Jesus said something here. That's that's very profound and you gotta hear it with spiritual ears and understand this kind of a uh almost in between time that he said this. He said, If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Well, immediately if you're not real, real careful, your mind will go back to the Mosaic Law, those six hundred and thirteen rules, commands and statutes that God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai. Immediately, that's where your mind goes. In fact, that's why the first, look at where he goes. Which ones? The man inquired. And Jesus even hit him with a few. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Now, understand, what do I still lack? Jesus was in essence letting this young man know that in terms of 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 going into and moving toward the new covenant, there was still a lack in you. There was still a lack. Now watch this. And in fact, the young man even recognized that. And that's why Jesus said, Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in the command, treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Bible says when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Well, what was the real problem? The real problem here was that there was a there was a new command that he did not want to follow. That when when Jesus tells you to do something, you need to understand it was Jesus that told Moses all of those commands in the old testament. Remember, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So God was speaking, but that was Jesus that was coming out of God's mouth when he said, Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not bear for witness. Uh, I'm a jealous God. That was Jesus. There he was in the Old Testament. He was the Word of God. He was the Word. Jesus was the Word in the physical. Jesus was the Word made flesh. So when God was talking in the Old Testament, everywhere God was talking, there's Jesus. People are like, where was Jesus in the Old Testament? Wherever God said something.
1: Now, here is Jesus. Here is God talking
0: again through Jesus. This is just an, another commandment. Right, so, so we see that you have done pretty well on some of those old covenant commands. But here's a new command. Here's a leader. Here's an unction by the Spirit of God. And the Bible says that when the young man heard this, he went away sad. Because he had great well, He had great wealth that he didn't want to obey God in regards to. No doubt he was probably tithing. If he went through all the trouble to keep all of these other commands, he was probably tithing. But Jesus didn't tell him go and tithe. didn't tell him. Go and, and, and make sure you, you tithe on uh, uh. Told him, say, go, this is another command because this is the Lord telling you to do it. So you got to understand that when God is telling you to do something, that's a command. Whether it was Old Testament, whether it was new, whether it's intertestamental period, whether the, when God
1: tells you to do something, that's a command. This was a command
0: that the following of this command would have caused, the following of this command, this young man, would have been perfect or mature. You know, it's not that Jesus was saying he was sinlessly perfect, but he said if you want to be perfect or, or mature, he said go sell your possessions and give to the poor. God saying, look, there's something that's keeping you from maturing. You say, Apostle, what's driving that? You know, one of the things we want to be sensitive to, because we all got issues. What are those things? What are those people? What are those places? What are those issues that are keeping us from being
1: mature? As Jesus said, perfect. What is that that we
0: need to get rid of so that we can be Perfect
1: or mature.
0: He said, "If you want to be perfect, go sell your. Here's the command: Go sell your possessions, give to the poor, then and 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 to poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me." When the young man heard this, in other words, he heard a command from God that he didn't want to follow. Now, understand, every one of you out there understand my voice, including me, there's some commands from God that what? We don't want to follow. Well, now we're talking about the difference between maturity and the difference between babyhood or, 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 or lack of maturity. Mature Christians understand that God's commands are to be followed whether we want to or not. A lot of times babes be like, if I don't want to do that, I'm not going to do that. And this is why God is calling us from babyhood
1: into maturity. This is why some children of God, they don't, they don't grow, they don't develop,
0: they don't mature in the things of God. They still want to obey. And see, a lot of times, a lot of times, how, a lot of times, how you was to your natural parents, that be by how you be a lot of times in the kingdom. Remember, by like being a student in school, a lot of times, you know, you need to understand that that the student you were in school, let's say you weren't saved in school, whatever the kind of student you were in school, when you were in the flesh in the church, that's the same kind of student you are again. Because that's you in the flesh. So this is why God wants us to operate in the spirit. When we operate in the spirit, the spirit will make us good students. The Spirit of God will make us good students in the, in the Word of God. Thus, listening to the Spirit of God will make us good at anything God has set our hands to do. Listening to the Spirit of God will make us good parents. Listening to the Spirit of God will make us good pastors, good congregation members. Listening to the Spirit of God will make us good sons, good daughters, good husbands, good wives. Listening to the Spirit of God will make us good at what. When we don't listen to the Spirit of God, then now now we now we become. See, this young man here, he could have been a good uh, philanthropist if he listened to the Spirit of God. You know, go and give give the money to the poor and, you know, he could have done a great, but because he didn't listen to the Spirit of God, he became bad one. Whenever we don't listen to the Spirit of God, we become bad at everything our hands had to do except for sinning, except for being a sinner. Because when we don't listen to the Spirit of God, we become we, we become good sinners. We become good sinners. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, we're going to close this. I tell you the truth. It is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why is it hard for a rich man? Now, you, you want to understand something about what was commonly being taught during those days. Now, this was a, you know, Jesus talked about a, a camel going through the eye of a needle. That was a, that was a common saying at that time. Now, the Persians used to say, now, camel was the largest animals that, that Jews really had much dealing with. That's why they used camel. But the Persians dealt with, with elephants. And so a, a common Persian saying at the time was that, you know, it's hard for an elephant to enter through the eye of a needle. Now, it was a figure of speech, just like when Jesus talked about removing the plank from your own eye when you're trying to get the speck out of your own eye. The point was that you know because there's some some debate as to whether he was talking about the supposedly the needle gate, which was like a security gate around Jerusalem, where the camels that came through would have to they'd have to strip down all of their packs and loads. And the camel would have to crawl through to get through this very small gate. And all of that, the point is that nobody can be saved without divine intervention. That is impossible, see. Now, the reason why his disciples were a little shocked when Jesus said this is because one of the common teachings of the day was that rich people were blessed by God. That, that, was, a sign, that was a common teaching, that, that when you were rich, you, you were receiving God's blessing. So when Jesus said, again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of, of God. The disciples were shocked. The Bible says the disciples heard this. They were shocked and astonished. They were like, well, who can be saved? Because in their teaching, you got to understand what they were being taught. They were being taught that if you were rich, you were blessed by God, and that the rich were normally the the, the, the candidates to go to heaven. That's why they were astonished. That's why they were shocked. Because it was common teaching of the day, rich folk is blessed by God, and poor folk is like cursed. That's what a lot of the rabbis were teaching. So again, children of God, you've got to understand, and I've shared this with you all a number of times, Jesus was very, very radical in his day. He was very, very radical. You know, even when they sent the temple guards to arrest Jesus, religious leaders leaders had sent temple guards one time to arrest Jesus, teaching at the temple. Temple guards came back with no Jesus. And the the authorities were like, What what is this? Now, didn't we send you to arrest Jesus? The temple guards told them to look, we have never heard anybody speak the way he speaks. Now, the temple guards have been around these Pharisees and Sadducees and teaching the law. They said, we ain't never heard nobody speak like Jesus. Jesus' doctrine was very, very different from the doctrine of his day, from the common doctrine of his day. It was very, very different. The disciples, a lot of stuff Jesus would say, his disciples would be shocked. His disciples would be like, whoa, whoa, he didn't just say that, did he? And and, then Jesus would be like, yeah, I did. I sure did. We're going to look at what the Bible says. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished. They were like, Jesus, this just flies right in the face of all of what we've been taught around here, what we've been hearing. See, some of you all out there on the sound of my voice, you all have heard some things that God has given me that just fly right in the face of some of the stuff you've been taught growing all up and all in Sunday school and all kind of churches. don't make no difference. The truth still remains the truth whether or not it goes against everything you've been taught, everything you believe in, the truth remains the truth. Jesus, look, it's still true now. It might astonish you. It may shock you. You may choose not to believe it. Oh, that's your business, but it's still the truth. The disciples then asked, who then can be saved? Because we've been thinking that, you know, it's the rich that's going to be saved. They're the ones that's blessed by God. We're thinking that the rich will be saved. Then Jesus looked at them and said, with, with man, it's impossible. This was the point that Jesus wanted to get across to his disciples as well as to the rich young ruler. Rich young ruler just didn't stick around long enough to get this. But the disciples, Jesus, look, you all need to understand, with man it's impossible. Jesus, look, with 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 without God's intervention, it doesn't matter whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're got an education or whether you're illiterate without God's divine intervention it's impossible and that still holds true today without God's
1: intervention in your life you can't be saved with man this is impossible but with God with
0: God, uh oh, look at the key. With God, problem with the rich young ruler is he was no longer. He when he heard what he needed to do, he was no longer with God. See, I want to encourage you and, and warn you out there under the sound of my voice. You 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 stay with God. Stick with God now. Don't don't get to a place where you you feel like you can do anything without God. Jesus said, "With God are things are possible. See the world, the world is just twisted up and deceived enough. you hear them talking about, you can, you know, you can obtain your dreams, no matter what they are. Yeah, don't let anyone stop you. See, the, you know, stuff be sounding real, real good, real, real lofty, be do human interest stories and all that kind of stuff, but i be listening to it real real careful, because the world be talking that, that kind of talk without God. Bible tells us with Christ, you know, I can do all things through Christ. Let's don't get this thing twisted. And see, that's what the world want to do. You can do anything you set your mind to do, with, in essence, without God. That same mentality that went and built up the, the Tower of Bible. God be saying, look, I, ain't, I haven't said that. I haven't said you can do all things without Christ. I said you can do all things through Christ all this follow your dreams without without christ god can cut that stuff short and he will cut that stuff short because god takes very serious offense at you thinking you even thinking that you can do anything without him god said you for you to even think you can do god say you couldn't even sin without me for you to even think that you can do anything without me god take offense god take complete
1: offense People be offending God don't even know. With God all things are possible. Always, always,
0: let's keep that in mind now. Before we get this thing twisted. With God that right there can be done. Even when it comes down to what you're going to do tomorrow. Scripture tell you don't be don't be boasting bragging about what you're gonna do tomorrow. Instead, say the Lord willing, I will do this and so. If it's God's will, we might not be here tomorrow. So let's don't get this, let's be careful, cause we to offend God real real easy. Like man, what you gonna do tomorrow, man? Tomorrow I'm going I'm going out to dinner. God oh, well, be like what what? The Lord willing. Sorry Lord, the Lord willing. We will go out to dinner. The Lord willing. You start talking about future, because it's, it's not guaranteed you're going to be here tomorrow. Who do you think you are? When you start holding your life in your hand, God said you here today because I said you'd be here today, because I allowed you to be here today. You start talking about future events, make sure it's the Lord willing, if God's willing. Let's get ready to close this now. Peter answered, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be there for us? Jesus said, I tell you the truth. At the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, and you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel, everyone who has left houses, brothers, sisters, father, mother, children, fields, for my sake will receive a hundred times as much. A hundred times as much. Not not just in the, and as much and will enter in eternal life. So if we do this thing just right, children of God, in this life, whatever we have left, God's got a hundred times as much for us. In this life. But we gotta do this thing right. And we gotta make sure that we are leaving Things and people and places for the right reason. Remember, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children for my sake. For my sake. Don't need to be no whole lot of going if it's not for what are we talking about.
1: If it's not for the kingdom. it's not for the kingdom.
0: Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, again, we thank you, we praise you, we appreciate you, Father, for everything you have shared with us this evening. Pray, Father, that your people have been blessed at the proclamation of your revealed word this evening. Forgive us, Father, for anything that we have said, done, thought, intended, or motion, or, 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 or motives that we have had that have not been pleasing in your sight. We ask, Father, for your continual leadership and guidance in the mighty and the glorious name of of Jesus Christ, we pray. Let's get three questions for the saints. What do we got? One.
1: Let's try along in this line here. Um,
0: This young man prided himself on obeying the commands of God. But what really happened to him? This young man prided himself on obeying the commands of God. But what
1: really happened to him? Question two, what's the difference between how we should talk in regards to
0: being able to do things from the world? What's the difference in the way we should talk as children of God as opposed to how
1: the world be talking? And then question three, what did the word command this young
0: man to do in our text? What did the word
1: command this young man to do? So you can reach us through email at church at gmail.com. Check our website at
2: www.archurch.com. Backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on Talkshoe precast YouTube and iTunes at 9 and 6 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444 and try D17959. On type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christensown Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our Talk Shoe homepage. God bless you and heaven, small you in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.